Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thank you, band. Can we give the band a round of applause or a hand clap? Yes, thank you. Thank you for your time and your heart. Bye, Ranki. Okay. Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Father. Just again, Lord, we just acknowledge you in this time. We Acknowledge to be in your presence. Father, I come and just surrender myself and my lips. Everything I say, Father, that that which is not from you will fall to the ground, Father, and perish. But that which is from you will bear fruit and life. And um, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. And I just pray that you speak to each person as we share your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Just going to get some water. Okay, so for those, is it too loud? Just checking. Don't want to hurt someone's ears. Good. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Jakub Pick, not Jakub Prinsloer. And um, I think as you guys may have figured out by now, this church has been blessed with many Jakus and um, may it continue. So I have the privilege to share the word this morning. And um, I had the, also had the privilege of recently going to India on a, on a mission, and during my time there, the Lord revealed very specific things to me um, that I'd like to just highlight this morning, before the mission and in the mission itself. Um, but before I do that, I just also feel the Lord wanting me to share something that is slightly unrelated to, to what I'm going to share this morning, and um, it's something that the Lord gave me at the beginning of this year, but I I feel that he wants me to share it here as well, and maybe it's applicable to someone. And so the beginning of this year, I just saw an image of a glass, and typically a glass that's full of water. And the, the moment anything else or any foreign substance come, comes into this glass, let's say Coca-Cola, for example, we have a glass of water, it's pure, you can see right through it, and you throw a little bit of coke in it or any kind of foreign substance, immediately the water, the color of the water changes, right? So if you want that glass to become pure again and transparent the way it was before, what would you have to do? You would have to add even more water so that it would overflow. And the more it overflows, the more water you add. At some point, you'll be left with water again. And I just sense it's also from the, we're out of the abundance of our hearts, the mouth speaks. And what we put in comes out. And the, the invitation and challenge there for us is that we can and we have the opportunity and privilege to fill ourselves with Jesus. And the more we fill ourselves with him, the more he will be, go, he will be 
it will overflow and go into the world. And just as Jesus said to the, the lady at the well, the Samaritan lady, where he asked her for water, and, and then he just mentioned to her, he said to her, the water that I give never, never ends. I will give you living water, a fountain of living water that never ends. And yeah, I just wanted to share that, and I hope that that encourages someone here, and that it's a word for someone this morning. Okay, just wanted to share that. So, um, I recently went to India, as I mentioned, and I did bring a few pictures back. I'm just going to show you a few pictures before I get into the sermon. So, we, had the, we went to a place called Leh, uh, in the state of Ladakh, which is in the most northern region, or in the most northern state of India, partner with, and the Lord laid specifically Leh, which is, I think, the main town in Ladakh. There's another... Uh, town on the west called, uh, or place called Kashmir, which is also part of what they believe God called them to. But we just partnered with them in going to, to Lem. And just here, some pictures on the left is as we were flying over, that's the Himalayan mountains, and then on the, on the right, it's just a picture of what the town looks like. And in this town, uh, there's 0.46% uh, Christians. Uh, the rest is a combination of uh, Buddhists, uh, Islam, Muslims, and then also uh, Hinduism. But if you can just think of 0.46%, so it's very, very low in terms of Christianity, and that's exactly why I think the Lord laid it on our local partner's heart, and we just went and we just went and we partnered with them. So what we can see is that God is busy working them. We had the privilege of just partnering with them and going, going with them. To Le, and I'll be sharing some testimonies from that in the sermon. And then I also have a few pictures of the town, what it looks like in town. Next slide. There's a door. One back. Yeah, so this is the town center. What you'll also quite note, notice is this is probably one of the cleanest places I've ever been to in India. The streets are... I mean, just, it's immaculate, um, but that is where we spend a lot of our time in prayer as well. And then, next slide, this is, um, no, one back. This is the only church in Leh. It was founded in 1885 by uh, Moravian or missionaries from Germany. It, it was the only and is still the only church in, in Leh. Um, that is the original building, and on the left, which I don't have in this picture, is where they actually had a rebuilt uh, a new building. Uh, but and we spent some time in that uh, in that building as well. And then the second part of our mission, we went to Delhi uh, to go to a conference, where we partnered with. So you can go to the next slide. Um, there's the team. So I had the privilege of going with a team from Cape Town. I was the the team from Pretoria or Johannesburg. I represent Gauteng, and, um, but anyway, we had the privilege to just spend some time with them, to minister with the uh, communities and the people you see, it's um, 16 communities spread across India, and uh, they have a yearly conference, uh, and we, we just went and we shared and imparted and um, had some very good times there. So, I just wanted to share these pictures and just to give a bit of a some mental picture as I do share some, some stories and testimonies um, from the mission because most of what I will share this morning was birthed just before the mission but also during the mission. 
So, follow. So, if you would, if you have your Bibles, I have the verse up on the screen. Mark 1, verse 14 to 18. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. So, I, so in this verse we can see John goes to prison, and this is um, after Jesus was baptized, and Jesus says, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. So we see three things happening here. First, Jesus is coming and establishing his kingdom. And he says, repent and believe in the gospel. And we also know during his time, Jesus died. and He rose again from the dead. And in doing that, he reconciled us with God. But as he was establishing his ministry, the very first thing after that, he called his disciples. He said, come and follow me. And today still, God is, and Jesus is calling us to follow me. But today, we're going to look specifically into what does it mean to follow him, to follow Jesus. And there's one specific thing and one simplistic thing that I'm going to touch on today that was, yeah, it was really a revelation to me that I'd like to share with you guys here. And when Jesus calls us to follow him, what, what happens? He essentially invites us for us to give up our right to make decisions. That is the price that we willingly give to him. So can I have a uh, volunteer? You want to volunteer quickly? Just to come help me with the demonstration. Okay, I've got, I've got Birgit. Okay, Birgit, you want to follow me? Okay, follow me. Okay, follow me. Okay, are you following? Okay, follow me. Anyone else want to join? Don't have to. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Go sit down. As she was following me, who was making the decisions? I was making the decisions. Did she have any... Did she have any decision-making authority in following me? Hmm? Moving your legs. But I determined where I go, right? She just followed. Who made, the, who, primarily, who made the primary decisions in this little demonstration? I did, and she followed. And in the same way, Jesus is calling us to follow him. And uh, a bit of a story that I'd like to share before, uh, in, re in, in relation to that, is um, the beginning of the year, around end of Jan, uh, beginning February, I just received a word from the Lord specifically telling me and saying that He wants me to go to specifically Missouri in India. So for the first two destinations, we went to, as I said, Leh and we went to Delhi. Then the third part, a few of us stayed behind and we went to Missouri. And um, that was in January, February. I didn't quite know why He said that why he wanted me to go to, to India again. But I said, Lord, I will go. And it planned out that I got into contact with the Cape Town uh, team. I joined up with them, and I went to India. 
But with that being said, leading up to that mission, logically, it made no sense for me to go. Um, I have a family at home. My child is about a year and a half now. Uh, my wife works full-time. We, we had a lot of things going on at home, and it didn't make any logical or common sense for me to go to India at that specific time. But I strongly felt and experienced the Lord saying, go to India. And in that sense, the decision-making wasn't up to me. It was up to him. I followed Jesus. And um, during my time here uh, in India, especially towards the end, I really, because he said specifically for me to go to Missouri, and, um, which was essentially after the main part of the mission. And while I was there, I really was wrestling with the Lord and asking him, okay, why do you want me to be here? What is the cause? And there were some very interesting conversations had and, and invitations that I can't share fully now, but that I'm prayerfully considering what my next steps are. And now I have a better understanding and picture of why I had to go. But before that, it had made no sense to me. And that just speaks to what it is about following Jesus. So, what is the crux of following him? I believe the, the crux of following Jesus is about hearing and obeying. The Christian life is actually a very simple life. But I think we tend to, to complicate it. But the, the ultimately what it's about, it's about hearing and obeying. Hearing what he's saying and obeying what he's saying. Hearing and obeying. And that is the, the critical uh, message that I want to share this morning. So, are, you, are we still on the, the, what's this line? Okay, sweet. Thanks. So, moving on to hearing and obeying. Mark 12, verse 29. So, this, I'll read it for us now, then I'll give some context. So, Jesus answered him and said, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then Jesus goes on to say that you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the context of this is, a, one of the scribes was asking Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus starts with this, saying, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord in you. And that verse is directly from Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 5, which says exactly the same. And we see this verse starting with the word, Hear. The same in Deuteronomy 6, verse, 6 4, verse 5, where um, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear. Also in Psalm 27, verse 7, there's also where the psalmist speaks and says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry. Answer me. Give me mercy. And um, in Exodus 19, verse 5, the verse says, Now therefore, if you will indeed, this is God speaking, obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. This word here is the Hebrew word Shema. And Shema means to hear and obey. In fact, in ancient Hebrew, there is no word or explicit word for um, obey. It's only Shema. So in Exodus 19 verse 5 in the Hebrew uh, original text, it repeats the word Shema. If you will indeed Shema, Shema my voice and keep my covenant. So when the scribe asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment of it all? 
Jesus starts with the Shema. He starts with, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Shema. So what is he doing? He's telling us that the precondition to follow him and to obey his commandments is to hear and obey. They go one in one. It's essentially two sides of the same coin. And this is primarily what the Christian walk is about. It's about hearing and obeying Jesus. And that was something that really stood out to me. And I actually, yeah, I heard this in one of the sermons during my time in, in India. So, a few testimonies on hearing and obeying, hearing and obeying. So, before the mission, uh, as I said, we had two parts. One was in Ladakh and the other one was in Delhi. Delhi, specifically, we were there to share and be part of the conference. And before, the, um, before we went in, in our intercession, we really felt God leading us and saying us that in Delhi, um, that we should end off with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And we prayed into that, and then we went with that word. And the, the, the conference went from the Friday through to the Sunday. Sunday night, another Yaku from uh, Somerset West preached about surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And um, that night, we were scheduled to end at 10 o'clock. We left at half past three the next morning. Um, so God really came, and he poured out his Spirit on those people and all of us there. And his kingdom was manifested there. But it started with hearing a word from the Lord, obeying it, preaching on it, and having that expectation and allowing the Holy Spirit to come and to have his way and to be poured out. Um, another testimony there, we actually we had opportunity for people to have one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions. That was another word we felt before the time. And there's one person, he, he signed up and he met with one of the team and he, he told him, I'm having these dreams where I'm praying for people and they're being healed. I'm having all kinds of dreams, very positive and, and dreams of where he's living things out for God, but he's not seeing the dreams happening in reality. And then the facilitator realized this is God speaking and this is God speaking about being baptized and being filled with the Holy Spirit. He prayed for him on the spot filled with the Holy Spirit. And the next morning, the same guy was asked to just do the opening prayer at one of the sessions. And we could immediately see the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through him, just in the way he was praying. And there we see that how God spoke to us before the mission and how obeying that word comes into fruition. And then uh, another story, when we were in Lein Ladakh, so... Leh is 3,500 meters above sea level. So to give context, Pretoria is about 1,300 meters above sea level. So it's very common that people get altitude sickness. So I was the only person from Pretoria. The rest of the team were from Cape Town. And ideally what you should do when you fly to, when you go to Leh, you usually have a, have a bit of a halfway point to help your body acclimatize before you go to 3,500 meters. Uh, due to certain constraints and, and flight connections, we, we didn't do that. Uh, we went straight. We boarded. We landed in Delhi, and about three hours later, we were on a flight to Leh. Um, but we knew we were going to take the, the first afternoon. We would take it nice and easy, and then we'll start the next morning fresh. And uh, we, we had a whole program for the next morning. Everything was set out 
proper Western style. We had eight o'clock this, nine o'clock. We had it like all, we had a whole program worked out. Essentially, we woke up before four guys, five guys and, and two ladies. All the guys literally manned down. Um, we had to take them to hospital, um, and the, but the ladies were fine. But point is, for half of the day, two of the guys won oxygen. Um, everyone went to the hospital for checkups. The lady stayed back and interceded for us. <laughs> um, fortunately, I was okay. I just went with to support. Uh, I, th I think there's grace for living in Pretoria when you go to Les. So you guys are welcome to join next time. You won't be that prone to altitude sickness. But also, for that day, we, um, we were to meet with the one and only uh, Christian pastor in, in Les Ladakh. Um, which we did. But before I digress, so we had our whole day planned out for our first day. Didn't work out at all. Sorry, Lucien. Um, and um, what we then decided is, okay, enough of the planning, enough of the programs. Every morning, we're going to come together. Everyone has quiet time at their own time. We're going to come together. We did praise and pray and worship the first morning, but people were just broken. Um, or well, the, men, the men were broken. <laughs> let, me be, let me be honest. Um, and then we, the second day we said, no, listen, we're just going to pray in our own time. We're going to come together. We're going to worship the Lord. And we're going to hear what the Lord wants for this day, each and every day. And, the, and the first, so the second day that we were there, the first day that we did that, that morning we just felt the Lord saying, all you need to do today is pray and worship at strategic areas in Lem." And specifically also for the local pastor. So we didn't know this beforehand, but um, the local pastor actually cleared his schedule for us so that, we can spend, so that he can spend time with us. And he came to live where we lived, which was a massive blessing. And we had a, a very good time with him there. But on that day, we specifically went to the Moravian church to go and pray for him and encourage him. He's 30 years old, and he's the only pastor in a town that essentially has no Christianity. Um, so the, he's literally on the front line of the harvest. And um, yeah, his position there is really, really, you know, it's pivotal. Um, so for that day, God said, you're just going to pray. going to pray for the pastor. And we went to certain places and high places to pray and declare that the kingdom of God will come here, that Jesus is king over Ladakh, that his reign will be established. So that's what we did the second day. Third day, same thing. We came together pray together, worship, and we just waited to hear from the Lord, what are we going to do on this day? And a lady brought a word saying she saw a picture of Jesus is king over Ladakh. And uh, someone else had a word, uh, seed sowing. And um, so what I forgot to mention the previous day, there was also a word in the morning where um, someone said, they think we're going to meet other undercover missionaries or Christians. In that day, we met an undercover missionary. She asked us to pray for her. We asked her to pray for us instead so that we can receive importation from her. It's another word that came true. But in, the, in the, our last morning there, so Jesus is king over Ladakh. Someone else got a word, seed sowing. And um, there was a third one. And then essentially, what it culminated into is we just felt the Lord saying we ought to go out and proclaim that Jesus is king over Lenadak and sow those seeds everywhere we go. So our caterer at the place where we were staying, or our host, his name was Muhammad Ali. And um, 
So one of the team members coined the phrase, float like a tourist, sting like a bee. So that's what we did. We split up two by two, and all we did, we just went to all the shops, or you could not all the shops, we went shops, we went out as tourists, two by two, and the, at the very least, all we said to the shop owner or people that we came across is that Jesus is king. He's a king over Leh, he's king over you and this place, and if you ever need him, just call upon his name, and he will save you. And uh, I think we, we also joined up with the local team, and I think we split up into about seven groups of two. And that's all we did that day. We just went out and proclaimed that Jesus is king over Leh, and that seeds will and that those seeds were sown. And we also trusted God for words of knowledge to share. And um, there was specific one encounter where we, we went into a shop, and there's this young guy, he must be younger than 30. He's the shop owner, and um, we could just really see a bit of a hardened heart and also a bit of a sadness to him. And we just, uh, the other person I was with just got a word for him, spoke to him about his father, I also shared some testimonies there, and he actually allowed us to pray for him. And um, we could just see that there was a, a God encounter right there. And as we left, uh, we, were just, we just said, like, yeah, you know, we, we, we love you. And then, which is quite strange, he actually said, yeah, I love you back, which we just knew something happened there. And that's just one of the stories with the group that I was with. Another uh, person made us tea after we prayed for him. And we prayed over that tea. <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. But we're fine. Praise Jesus. So as, 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 I was, um, as this word, hearing and obeying, was shared in one of the sessions where we were at in India, God was just showing me of how we are hearing and obeying and how this mission was a bit of a, uh, how can I say, not a case study, but it was a bit of a, a different or a new reality of what it actually means and what it looks like to hear and obey, to hear and obey. And Jesus says that we are to take up our cross daily and follow him. And my heart for us this morning is that, that hearing and obeying will become a reality in all of our lives, that every day we can hear and obey. And when we hear, we obey, because they go together. Um, and one of the precursors to hearing and obeying, Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, and I'll read it for us. Now it happened as they went, does anyone have the time? Okay, I'm trying to keep track of my time. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, that's Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving as she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And I think this is where it starts for us, is that to hear him, to shema him, to hear and obey, to listen, to listen what he's saying. If our, if your, when we were children, if your parents would speak to you, or if you speak to your children and you tell your ch child to listen to me, you expect a response. That's also why in the Old Testament many prophets would say they have ears, but they do not listen. And um, I think the start of that is, is sitting at Jesus' feet and hearing his word. And that, that one thing is necessary. And also very important, what happens when we sit at his feet, when we hear his voice, 
most often the first thing he speaks over us is our identity in him. He speaks his love over us. He speaks over us who he thinks we are and how he sees us. And that is from that place of love that we can then obey him. And that is the most important position to take in, is to sit at his feet and to hear his word. One thing is necessary. Hearing and obeying. So Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, Jesus concluding the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Again, we see Jesus reiterating, hearing and obeying, Shema, hear and obey. And what's fascinating from this portion is that both here, both men here, both get bad weather, but one obeys. So, Another ingredient to hearing and obeying. We walk by faith and not by sight. I think many of us walk by sight, um, if I have to be completely honest. And Romans 10 verse 17 also says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So how do we walk? We walk by hearing. We don't walk by seeing. We walk by hearing and hearing the word of God. And um, I actually wanted to do that demonstration again and blindfold the person following me. But then I just thought to myself, I need to think quite hard of, of another way of how you can follow me well. But if you can just imagine, I put a blindfold on, on Birgit and I let her follow me, she would have to follow me even closer to stay close to me. She would have to hear my steps. She would have to listen to my voice as I speak and guide. And in the same way, when we make decisions, we are to hear from the Lord first. I speak with many people that, and myself included, when we talk about making decisions, we start with our pros and cons list and we try to figure out what, what makes most logical sense, what's practical, but that's, that's walking by sight. We are to walk, walk by faith and not by sight. And what does that look like? It means we walk by hearing, uh, hearing the word of the Lord. So, where do we hear, as I, as I close? We hear in his presence. We see in Isaiah 6, verse 1 to 8, um, where Isaiah is sent as a prophet, and the, the chapter starts off with um, Isaiah being in the presence of the Lord and many things happening, but it's in the, in the presence of the Lord where he then goes on to say, and I heard the voice of the Lord. And we also see in verse 8 that he responds. He says, here am I, send me. And the same way, we, where do we hear? We hear at his feet. As we saw with Mary, where she sat at his feet and heard his word. How do we hear? This is a, this is one, this is a good one. So how do we hear? Three things. We hear by reading the Bible through the interpretation of the Holy Spirit. We hear by a still, small voice. Also the Holy Spirit. And then we hear through the body of Christ. And many times those three things act as confirmation to each other. That's how we hear the word of, 
of, of God in our lives and what we ought to do. And that is something that we ought to apply into our, into our whole life. And then, how do we obey? We obey from His love. We obey through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we obey by being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, a testimony there, when I was in my early teenage years, I was actually very, very shy. And I had a stutter. And I would not speak in front of people. Even in a small group setting, if I was in a group setting and they say my name, I blush, I go red. I want to like, just get out of the room, don't speak to me, leave me alone, go away. And um, I really had a desire in my heart to be bold for Jesus. And there was something I wrestled with with the Lord for, for quite some time. And I said, Lord, give me boldness. Give me boldness. How can I be bold for your word and for who you are? And um, uh, when I was 15... Um, we had a conference at church, and uh, they were speaking and sharing about the Holy Spirit and being filled with and baptized with the Holy Spirit. That night, for the first time, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and immediately the whole world changed around. My stutter went away, and God just gave me a fresh and new boldness to speak and proclaim His Word openly. Uh, I would never imagine that I would be standing here speaking in front of people if it wasn't for His Holy Spirit. And we also see Jesus' ministry starts after his baptism. Um, the apostles' ministry starts in power after the day of Pentecost, when they were in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came and filled them, and they spoke with new tongues. So my encouragement for us this morning is that we are his sheep, and we hear his voice. And in my preparation, as I was praying, there were... I just sense that God really wants to meet with certain people here this morning. If I can ask the band to, to come up. And that's also why I'm ending, trying to end a bit earlier to allow for time in this, is that Jesus says in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I just sense there's a cry from, from God's heart, that we would know His voice, that we would hear His voice, that we would shema His voice, that we would hear and obey, but that we would do that willingly. As Paul says, he's a bondservant of Christ. A bondservant means that he's free to go. He can go, but he chooses to remain and willingly serve his master. In the same way, we are bondservants of Christ. that We can follow him boldly, freely in that. Um, so can I just ask us all to, to stand as the band starts and I'll just pray for us. And there's going to be an invitation this morning. And um, yeah, I think let's just close our eyes. Yeah, Father. Yeah, and I just saw two groups of people specifically in my preparation. As I was speaking about relinquishing control, relinquishing your right to make decisions and, and giving your, the decision-making authority over to Jesus is very challenging for you and you struggling with that. That's the first group. And the second group was the, that you haven't heard or you feel that you haven't heard his voice in a long time. And um, there's an invitation this morning just to come to come and just to spend time with him and just to cry out to him and say, Jesus, here I am. Just come and speak with me. And, to, and for the first group to come and just relinquish, relinquish the control.
over to him, to give it to him. And most times I have found that whenever I do that, Jesus takes me on adventure with him. In some cases, it, it may not be. The, the, the apostles said yes to Jesus and they were persecuted. And that may come. But we say yes to following Jesus. We say yes to hearing and obeying his voice. And that's what, it's, that's what it's about. That's what the Christian walk is about. It's about hearing and obeying. It's as simple as hearing and obeying. But few choose it because it's costly. It's costly. It can cost us many things. But our life is, is with Him in eternity. The life we have here is very short. Very short. So Father, we come now in Jesus' name and we surrender ourselves to You, Lord. Yeah, and I just want to invite, if any of this re resonates with you and if you just feel the Holy Spirit tugging on you fresh with Him to relinquish control, to surrender the stuff in your life that you're struggling to hand over to Him. You're struggling to hear His voice. Just saying, God is, Jesus is here. He's knocking. He's knocking on your door and He's saying, just open the door and I will come. And I will dine with you. But it takes a step of faith. But yeah, especially if you also just want to be filled again afresh with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says that we are to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So yeah, this is just an open invitation. Just come to the front in your, own, in your own way. Just come and just do business with Jesus this morning. Just come and recommit. Relinquish control. Just come and sit at His feet and let Him fill you. Let Him fill you with His words over you, with His Holy Spirit. That He will transform you in that. And if you need prayer, we will be here in front praying. But just come to the front and just come and just do business with Jesus. Just come and spend time with Him. If any of this resonated with you. We still have time. And even if you just want to stay where you are and just, just spend time with Jesus, be time with Him. And just five to ten minutes now before we close. And just spend time with Him and just bring your heart to Him. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria. <laughs>